Acts chapter 13 is where we're going to be at tonight. Uh, would you stand just for a moment for the reverence of the reading of the Word of God? And uh, what I want to do, I want you to just turn over one more chapter to chapter 14. And I want to read one verse. We're going to, of course, we're going to read other verses, but tonight we're going to read one verse starting out. In Acts chapter 14, uh, the Bible says in verse 27, And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that had gone, had done with them, and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. So, uh, Father, I ask you to be with us tonight. Lord, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to be able to share the Word of God to these wonderful people. Lord, I ask you to be with me. I ask you to give me the words I need to say. And Father, we thank you for this opportunity once more to be uh, in the house of God, not the temple, we are the temple, but the house of God to serve you once again. Father, we thank you for everything you've allowed us to do and continue to do in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. What is your story tonight? If I start walking, please forgive me. I, I'm a walker and uh, just letting Brother Nichols know that. Um, what is your story? What do you want when you die? What do you want people to remember you as when you die? Every one of us would probably say, hey, I want to be known as a great father uh, young ladies would say, I want to be known as a great mother, a uh, great hard worker. Uh, everything that we do when uh, a funeral happens, someone will stand and say, hey, this guy, I want to be known, and I hope you want to be known by the service that you had before God. I don't want to be known by being a great father. My children, uh, they can either uh, tell you whether I was or not. But when I leave this world, I hope I'm both a great father, a great husband, but more than anything in my life, I want to be a servant and known as a servant of God. Tonight I want to show you, by the Word of God, Paul's first missionary journey, how he in himself and others learned the secret of being used by God. The secret to being used by God. So the Bible tells us that during his first missionary journey, we find it's also going from chapter 13 to the end of chapter 14. It's detailed uh, in, in very, very well terms. They left Antioch and went to Seleucia and on, then on to Cyprus. Uh, then they went through the Isle of Paphos and from there to Pergia and in Pamphylia. When they left Perga, they went to Antioch, Poseidia, and from there to Iconium. They went through Iconium to Lystria and Derby. Then they backtracked all the way to Antioch. And so when you're looking at the verses here uh, that we'll read tonight, I find there's, a, there's some statements that rings true and should ring true for us tonight. Let me look at that verse once more in verse 27. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them. You see that verse, that phrase, 
Uh, they, they rehearsed it over and over, which means they let other people know uh, not only did they say it behind closed doors, but they told everyone what God had done, what God was doing in their lives. Listen, never let it be said that you do not have a testimony of not serving Christ in your home. Can I be honest with you? If you are a father or mother, let me tell you, your kids are the honest truth to your life. And I, pr- I promise you, it was once said that uh, if you want to know how a home is, wait till your child announces a prayer request in Sunday school. They'll know your home. They'll know your home. And, and so they rehearsed all that God had done with them. You know, I can't think of anything greater than to be able to partner with God and God to be able to use me the way that He ought to use me. And, uh, you know, I, I lay in bed at times and I look at, uh, and I get excited how God can use me. My question for you is, how do you want God to use you? And what will be your story? What will be your story? For us tonight, for us to learn the secret of being used by God, it starts out, number one, by being willing to be faithfully serving. Let me say that again. Be willing to be faithfully serving. You say, what do you mean? If I go on a daily basis... I come to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night. I go through the week and Wednesday comes and I come to church. And then I go through the rest of the week and I'm unwilling for God to use me. You know what's going to happen? God cannot use me. You say, well, God could do all things. Listen to me. God could not lead his own family for their faithlessness. I find that if we're unwilling to allow God to use us, He can't and He won't use us in the service. And You know, it's hard for me. My, 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 the thing that I, I worry about the most, I say, God, please do not allow or do not put me or do not place me upon the shelf. That is one of my biggest fears, that God will never ever get to use me uh, uh, or, or be used by God again we got to be willing to be faithful serving. If you look at chapter 13, we're going to be looking through the chapter of th- chapter 13 and then go into chapter 14. There in verse 2, uh, I see a phrase, and, and this is where I want to uh, go here. In verse 2 it says, And as they ministered minister, to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas, and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. There's a phrase there that, that I see for us. It says, as they ministered to the Lord. If you want your story to be told of what God has done in your life, you have to be doing something. You can't just come to church and not do nothing. You have to be willing to be allow, be willing to allow God to use you. They have already been serving. The Bible says they have already been faithful. So if you want that story of God using you in your life and the story at the end of your life for God to, for God to have he was used by God, you have to be willing for God to use you. 
They were already doing what they could, where they could, when they could. I was reading this morning in my personal devotions in Joshua chapter 1. And it's funny that when the, when the verse opens up, it says, Joshua, my servant, Moses is dead. But then it goes on and he calls Joshua Moses' minister. And I started looking that up and I went, minister? What, is, what does he mean, his minister? So I started looking it up in the Bible and then I started looking it up in my, in my Greek concordance and I find that this word means servant. We got to be willing to be a servant, y'all. Anytime, anytime we can choose to do something or have a job, but until you're willing to be servant, you'll never be nothing but a want-to-be leader. Listen, Joshua, when you look at the life of Joshua, you'll find that you never see the life of Joshua. You'll find that he was the son of Nun in the beginning of Exodus. But then when you look, you don't hear anything else about Joshua until um, Exodus chapter, I believe it's 13 verse 9, where it says uh, Moses goes to Joshua and say, hey, Joshua, I need you to pick out some men and I need you to go and you're going to fight the battle there of Amalek. And he says, me, Aaron and her, we're going up to the mountain and we're going to be there and you're going to be on your own. What about what happened to get Joshua to that point? He had to be willing, a servant. Number two, you have to be willing to be fully separated, fully Separated. Would you look at uh, Acts chapter 11 and verse 2 with me? Acts chapter 11 and verse 2. The Bible says in verse 2, And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him. Understand that if you have a story that you want to be told about you, if you want God to be able to use you and you want to be used by God, you must be willing to do what others won't do. You have to be willing to go the extra mile. It's it, when you read through the scriptures and you start doing a background of the Jews and Gentiles, and uh, especially during the Roman times and the, uh, the Jewish times, uh, the Jews were actually the servants of the Romans. And you'll find that uh, if a Roman soldier came to the Jew, what they would do is they would tell them to pick up their satchel, their bag, and walk a mile with them. And guess what? It was law that that Jew had to do that. And you know what the Bible tells us that we need to do as Christians? We need to be willing to pick up the world's bag and walk with them and not only go the first mile, but go the second mile. We need to be second mile Christians. I understand here that we got to be willing to do the work when others won't. Would you look at chapter 14 and verse 26? We're going to be flipping a couple of times, so please forgive me. Chapter 14 and verse 26. The Bible says, And thence sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been 
recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. See, that's the phrase for the work they fulfilled. Did you know that every one of us, as Brother Davies said this morning, every one of us have a job. And then according to the Scriptures, either you're a thumb or a nose or an arm or an elbow or a knee or, uh, you know what, we all can't be heads. That's going to look pretty funny, isn't it? I walk in here, I have about five heads on my shoulders. That ain't going to work. Well, what if my head tries to be my arm? That also doesn't work. But what if I come in here and I have no arms? It's going to be hard for me to eat, and I like to eat. Please forgive me. I, I do like to eat. I, 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 I'm Baptist. I'm, uh, I thank God for that. But you know what? We need to be willing to fulfill the work which God gives us. we got to be willing to answer when others won't answer. The Bible says, whereunto I have called them. Uh, we each have a place. We each have a job. We each, God, uh, God has called us to and that we need to be able to, and be willing to do. We need to be willing to go where others won't go. Look at verse uh, chapter 13 and verse 3. Chapter 13 at verse 3. The Bible says, And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia. And from thence they sailed to Cyprus. Here we find that these men, they were willing to do what others were, were unwilling to do. How many, how many churches are willing to completely do what God has asked them to do without falter, without stumbling, and saying, Lord, I'm willing to do what you ask of me. You know what? I I hate to say this, but Brother Davis, you may have him speechless if you all run up to him and say, we want something to do. I I mean, I've never had that issue. Have you, brother? (laughs) You know what? We all need to be willing to get out of our comfort zone. We like our comfort zone. We like it where it's between the softness and the softerness. That way if we jiggle back and forth, we have a soft landing on either direction that we go. We need to leave what others won't leave. Chapter four, uh, chapter thirteen, and verse four. It says, "So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus." There's a word here that pops out in my mind. It's away. Most parents don't like that word when it comes to their children. Trust me, I have five kids. I like my children being around me. And it's also harder for me to be able to call my son or my daughter-in-law and my grandbabies. They're three hours behind me living in California. It don't work out so well for this guy. It's, it's good that we, my wife and I and our, our other kids were able to go out this past summer to, uh, to go to California. And uh, if, you, if you've uh, ever been to California, you'll understand it's a completely different culture. It's a different lifestyle. Uh, but... I'm thankful that my son is working at a good church there and uh, he's serving the Lord, but it's hard on dad. It's hard on mom. And, and so what I'm trying to say is 
we got to be willing to step out of our comfort zone as parents and pray for our children for God to use them the way He wants them to be used. It's hard. It's hard. Away from family, away from friends, away from your comfort zone, away from all you know, verse 4 tells us, so they being sent forth, which means they departed. So if we are willing to see the secret of being used by God, we need to be faithfully willing, faithfully to be serving God and be willing to be fully separated from, uh, with God's help. But then number three, be willing to be filled with the Spirit. Be willing to be filled with the Spirit. Would you look at chapter 13 and verse 9? The Bible says this, Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. Look at verse 52, if you would flip over to verse 52. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Can I say this, that most people cannot be used by God because they are so full of either the world, they're so filled of themselves, and not the Spirit of God, God cannot use them. For them to learn to be used by God, they had to allow God to use them without a hitch. You say, what do you mean? For me to be allowed, for, for me, for God to use me, for me, I have to be not sinless, but have a short account with God with my sins. Does that make sense? The only time I'll be sinless is when I open my eyes in heaven. But while I'm here on this earth, my life, I have to keep short accounts with God. And most people, uh, and I hope that's what we do on a daily basis. We keep short accounts with God. We keep the sin uh, uh, because God can't use us with that sin. And sin separates. And most people cannot be used of God because they are so full of something other than the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Ghost is who's the the one who does the calling in verse 2. The Holy Ghost is the one who does the sending in verse 4. The Holy Ghost is the one who does the work in verse 9. They were filled with the Holy Ghost because they fasted and they prayed. When's the last time you fasted? I've thought about that myself. I do know people who fast. I don't fast. As you can tell, I probably need to. So I'm talking to myself tonight. I realize that we need to fast for the right reasons. Most people fast, and you'll see it on, online or the internet, most people will fast for a health reason or trying to lose weight. But if you're going to fast, we need to be searching for the Holy Spirit's guidance We need God to be able to touch each and every one of our lives. We need to be ready for God to speak to us. Uh, They were filled with the Holy Ghost uh, because uh, they fasted and prayed, but they worked and operated only in the power of God. A person that will not be Spirit-filled won't have very much stories to tell. You know, the fire we need comes from the Holy Spirit. I find the fuel we need comes from the Holy Spirit. 
the fervency we need, the focus we need, the finish we need, needs to come from the Holy Spirit. We need to be willing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But then, number four, be willing to fight Satan. I remember as a young Christian, I I was willing to take a water gun and uh, uh, chase hell with it. You know, I believed that I could set all sorts of fires. And then I realized it's not my job, it's God's. But I got to be willing to follow God as he fights Satan. See, if you are afraid or unprepared to enter into spiritual warfare, your chances of being used by God diminishes greatly. You can mark this down. Doing anything for God will draw fire from the forces of hell. How do you know that? First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18, Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once again, but Satan hindered us. The Bible is clear. Paul and Barnabas, uh, they faced sorcerers. They were withstood by de- demonic evil forces. They were confronted and opposed by the children of the devil. Verse 10, Romans six twelve says this, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Here we need to find and understand this, that we got to be willing, we got to have the armor of God on us. Uh, if you come, uh, all I can say is this, if you get up in the morning and uh, you forget some clothes and you go to work, I believe your work may turn you around and send you back home. If you're a fireman, you're going to have a certain type of clothing that you're going to have to wear. I got a buddy who's a, who's a fireman and a paramedic both, and he says, listen to me, I love it when I get to wear my full gear. It's heavy, it's hot. He said, but I know I'm being able to do what others cannot do. But if he didn't have that equipment, he would die in the places that he goes. A police officer, you'll notice that they wear the shield underneath uh, or the, the vest underneath their shirt for protection. Why? Because they are protecting their life from whatever may come. You know what? The Bible is very, very clear about the armor of God upon us. Uh, you got the helmet. You got the breastplate. You got the sword. Listen to me, if we leave our home, uh, our house, and we're undressed, guess what? Satan is going to be ready to attack us. And can I tell you this? Satan knows your weakest point. Never say that Satan doesn't because he's very good at what he does, and he's been doing it a very, very long time. Here I find that if we're unprepared... God cannot use us like we would like. 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. But then we find we've got to be willing to face suffering. None of us like to face suffering. It's hard. You go up to a door and you knock on it and you are witnessing and you go to that door and 
you knock on the door and you say, Sir or ma'am, I just want to let you know I'm from Fellowship Baptist Church and I just want to ask you, do you have a good church you go to? And some will say yes, some will say no. And then you go into, well, you know what's better than going to a church, going to church at all? You get their attention when you say that. Better than going to church is this, knowing where you're going to go when you die. If you were to die tonight, do you have any clue where you would go? Most people says, I, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But there are other doors that, if you talk to my sons, you go to a door and, hey, I'm from, pow, we've been threatened, we've been run off. I remember in Bible college that uh, as we were knocking on doors, I had a guy who got in his truck and tried to run me down for knocking on doors in his neighborhood. Acts chapter 13 and verse 45. Would you look at that? Acts chapter 13 and verse 45. The Bible says, but when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by, by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Would you look at verse 50? It says, but the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium. Look at chapter 14 and verse 2. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil, affected against the brethren. Acts chapter 14 verse 4, But the multitude of the city was divided and part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with their rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Derby, cities of Lys- uh, uh, like uh, Lysonia, uh, unto the region that lieth round about. Look at verse 19. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconian, who persuaded the people, and having stoned uh, stone Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Look at verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to the city, and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples, and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Listen, if you in your life have not rubbed someone the wrong way by the gospel, we got to ask ourselves this one question. Are we doing anything for God? If we've never got someone upset, I'm not telling you to go out and try to fight with somebody. Never would I tell you to do that. But I, let me tell you this. If I'm willing to be sold out for God, My job is to give the gospel wherever I go. And somebody's going to be upset with it. Somebody's not going to like it. Somebody doesn't want to hear about it. Somebody's going to get agitated over it. Somebody's going to be uh, frustrated with you for giving out 
something they do not believe in. God cannot use a person that won't endure suffering. In fact, you cannot be his disciple if you are not willing to take up your cross and follow Jesus. Luke chapter 14, verse 27. Would you turn with me there? Luke chapter 14, verse 27. Luke chapter 14, verse 27. The Bible says, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. We got to be willing. Listen, we got to be willing. 1 Peter 2.21 says this, For even a hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. We want to we wanna learn the secrets of being uh, God's disciple. We find the next one is to be willing to fathom the scripture. You say, what do you mean fathom? Let me give you the definition. To comprehend and to understand. You know, I find that Paul and Barnabas were Bible teachers and Bible preachers. And you know what? They used the Word of God all in their life. The entire first missionary journey was one consecrated effort to preach and teach the Scriptures. But one of the most invaluable yet underestimated secrets to being used of God is, listen to me, knowing the Scriptures. For years I taught at a Christian school and I got to teach them Bible. Loved it. I loved it. And the one thing that these kids do that many of us never do is they learn Scripture upon Scripture upon Scripture. One of the qualifications of the bishop in 1 Timothy 3, verse 1 through 6, is that he be not a novice. A novice means one who is new in any business, one unacquainted or unskilled, one in the rudiments, a beginner. Hebrews 5.13, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Listen to me, God's plan for every one of us is to grow. I remember... My children, as they were growing up, I, I, you know, my wife would get mad at me because I was always trying to feed my kids stuff that they shouldn't eat. Uh, uh, it's, that's just how it was in our house. I mean, uh, she knew what they, they need, could eat. You drink, get, you know, they start out with milk and then baby food. And come on now, dad's eating a nice juicy steak. I tried to, no, 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 no. But guess what? There's a point. That my kids, once they started growing and started maturing, guess what? If you ask my boys what they like now, a nice, thick, juicy steak. You know what? We need to be willing to get to that point. I cannot function on milk and milk alone. I did a study of the difference between milk and, and meat. Did you know that meat has more and better vitamins, and it's better for our system than milk alone? You say, come on, Pastor. No, I'm serious. Listen, that is actually the truth. And you know what? I find 
that the Word of God is our only source, our only authority, our only weapon. We must be able to know our Bible and know how to use it. And I thank God for our, our pastor that's doing that on Wednesday night, teaching us how to go through the Word of God. I find that you must know your Bible Notice how many verses in Acts 13 and 14. Uh, we're not going to do it for the sake of time, but I want you to notice for yourself that tells us that Paul and Barnabas were teaching or preaching the Scriptures. Acts 13, verse 5, verse 7, verse 15, verse 44, 46, 48, 49, chapter 14, verse 3, verse 25. In Paul's message from Acts 13, verse 15 through 41, was filled with Scripture. Scripture that had been read. Scripture that, that had been memorized and could accurately insert into his message. See, when you look at what Paul had done here, Paul quoted from Genesis in verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 8, uh, in verse 17... Paul quoted from 1 Samuel, he quoted from Isaiah, he quoted from Mark, he quoted from Matthew, he quoted from Psalm, he quoted from Isaiah, Psalm, Isaiah, and Habakkuk. It's not all of them. I just got tired. He referred to the multitude, he referred to the multiple passages of scriptures from both the Old Testament and the Gospels from memory, preaching. According to verse 15, would you look at it? Would you look at verse 15? And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Now look at verse 14, same verse. The Bible says in and saying, Sirs, why do you, why do you these things? We are also men of like passions with you, and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and sea and all things that are therein. You know, Paulus was described as mighty in Scripture, yet he still had much to learn. Would you turn with me to Acts chapter 18? And just bear with me. I'm about finished. Look at Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18. Would you look at verse 24? The Bible says, "In a certain a certain Jew named Apollos, born of Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue." Whom, when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. And when he was disposed to pass in the Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much, which had believed through grace, for he mightily convicted, uh, convinced the Jews, and that publicly showing this by the Scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Listen to me, you want stories? 
to tell of changed lives. I remember the stories of the older men that would come and say, I can remember what God used to do in the church. I remember the revivals of yesteryear. I remember the mighty preaching. I want to be able to say that same thing. I want to be able to say that we continue on and Fellowship Baptist Church changed Withful and the surrounding areas here. That's our purpose, is to, say, to, to see souls saved, lives changed. Let me tell you, if I do what I'm supposed to do and you do what, I, what you're supposed to do, you know the, the, the heart of the pastor that has this new incoming building, guess what? It won't take long, brother. It won't take long. We want stories to tell. We want stories of changed lives. You want stories to rehearse of salvations and conversions and a mighty moving of God. Well, you need to know your Bible. Nothing else matters. Faith cometh by hearing what? By the hearing of the Word of God. You need a good understanding of scriptures if you want to be used of God in a mighty way. It's not an option. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman. It's funny that many of us would rather go outside and mow our yards and clean our hedges up and make our house look better than doing that with our own personal life. Many of us would prefer to do any outside work, any outside labor, than sitting down before the Scriptures and working. Working. It's work. It's work to learn the Scriptures. It's work to hide, the, hide thy word in my heart. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But then, my last, be willing to fortify the saints. Be willing to fortify the saints. One of the greatest requirements for being used of God is to be able to be trusted to help other believers grow. If the pastor come to you tonight and said, hey, would you help me in a discipleship class? Would you help me to teach young men and young ladies how to live for the Lord? Would you be able to do that? And in confidence say, yes, I can do that. I've been asking God to show me what I need to do I've been asking God to put me in a place where I need to be. See, when you're willing to live day and night for others, you can be used of God. And you know what? We may do that. I'd love to show you more on that, but for the sake of time, I can't. I want you to notice how many times on this first missionary journey, excuse me, that Paul and Barnabas invested heavily in effort to build up and strengthen the faith of others. Would you look at verse 43 of chapter 13?
chapter 13 and verse 43. The Bible says, Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace. And when they, chapter 14 and verse 21, you don't have to turn there. And when they had preached the gospel to the city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystria and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that we must, through much tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they believed. Verse 27 says, And when they were come... And had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And there they abode long time with the disciples. What do you think that Paul and Barnabas did during that long time? You think they went out and went out to eat or maybe went and went fishing? Maybe we did some golfing? If you play golf, let me know. I don't think so. I doubt it. I'm positive that they did in their home and exactly what they said in chapter 14. What they did at the beginning of chapter 13, they were all about fortifying and strengthening the people of God. And you know what? When I continue reading, I, I see that that's what they continue doing in chapter 11, verse 23. In verse 27, you say, well, where do we go with this? As Brother Davis and Brother Davies says, so what? You want to be a great disciple for God. You've got to be willing for God to be able to use you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes?